Hello, and welcome to the Interest Center podcast, where we connect with experts and innovators in theological education around topics important to theological school leaders. Thank you for joining us. Hello, I'm Annie Glandon, and I'm here today with Dr. Brent Sleesman, who is president of Weinbrenner Theological Seminary, which is located in Findlay, Ohio. I'll be talking with Brent today about projects at his seminary and his experience receiving a resource grant from the Interest Center. We're pleased to have him with us on the podcast. Thank you for being here, Brent. I appreciate the invitation, Annie, and I'm I'm grateful for your work and for Entrust, and just uh, I'm glad to be part of the conversation. Thank you so much. We're so happy to have you. So you have served as the president of Weinbrenner since 2015. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and what led you to Weinbrenner Theological Seminary? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, I grew up in Southwest Pennsylvania and uh, then migrated out to the University of Findlay in Northwest Ohio for my undergrad years and uh, stayed and went to the uh, Weinbrenner Theological Seminary for a Master of Divinity degree. Lived in, in the academic church world, serving in a variety of pastoral roles, and then went back for a PhD in rhetoric from Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. And it's in about uh, 2007 stepped into full-time academic work. And so then prior to coming to Weinbrenner, was a tenured faculty member in the School of Communication and the Arts. So outside, uh, some folks might be interested outside of theological education, but stepped into this role uh, out of a tenured faculty position. And it's been one of the best decisions uh, that we made and and grateful uh, for what God's, the doors he's opened and, and how we've been able to serve. And for those who may be unfamiliar with Brian Brenner, can you share more about the seminary, your mission, who you serve, and, and the types of programs that you offer? Weinbrenner is affiliated with the Churches of God General Conference. Out of the dozens of Churches of God, this is one of the smaller denominations, evangelical, headquartered also in Findlay, Ohio. And so we're the only seminary of uh, that denomination. Weinbrenner itself started as the Graduate School of Divinity at Findlay College in 1942. So Weinbrenner is in its uh, 80th year. And so we have uh, four graduate programs that uh, in the 60s became a freestanding school and accreditation, fully accredited in good standing. Uh, we have four graduate programs, Master of Divinity, Master of Arts of Practical Theology, uh, Master of Arts of Clinical Counseling, which also then is KCREP accredited, and then a Doctor of Ministry degree and uh, an institute level non-accredited program uh, that a variety of denominational regions use for pastoral training and a pathway for uh, credentialing. During our chat today, I wanted to highlight some of the exciting things that you and your colleagues and your partners are working on. And one of these projects is related to a resource grant that your institution received from the Interest Center in 2021. Uh, And for those listening who may not be familiar with our resource grant program, we kicked off this initiative in early 2018. It's a matching grant opportunity for our member schools that allows them to engage a resource or resources to tackle a new project, try something new or innovative at their school. And we accept applications every spring with the program running from September through August of each year. Can you share with our listeners about your funded project and what your goals are for that work? Yeah, and uh, so like many seminaries, we received uh, the Lilly grant, the Pathways Initiative Round One, and we used those funds for the building and creation creation of a digital platform that we go that we call CoMission. So if anybody goes to co-mission.net, 
they'll be able to get to that site. And really what we thought about was creating space based upon the information that we were hearing from. And that was in the midst of COVID. So digital resources were at a real high uh, conversation point. And so what we created was something that would permit user-generated content. And so distinguishing that, say, from more professionally curated and not that there's not a professional quality, but creating a, a digital platform that permits the uploading of content so that churches, schools, students, Weinbrenner could provide for students uh, a digital resource that would allow for the sharing of information that's discipleship and theological education focused. And so that was the Lilly grant. And then our, uh, our resource grant was specific for enhancing collaboration, for training and partnership and helping build resources and just a lot of times people have questions about well, exactly what type of content, how long. And so the resource grant has been utilized to build some of those resources so that we can onboard more partners. Obviously, if it's user generated content, then the goal is for there to be users who are generating content. And that's that's one of the goals. Uh, that's been also one of the challenges. Uh, so folks that are familiar more broadly, YouTube would be something similar. Um, but that has such a dominant place in the marketplace that a lot of churches have a channel on that platform. So trying to create a space in which what we're really focused on is exclusively discipleship and theological education. And then also as a, a resource and a tool for our students and trying to both give them access so that they can utilize it in their ministry context, but then also a tool for Weinbrenner to work with students providing content for them. And so those are a couple of different goals uh, working through providing that platform and then the training and the resources that come in developing that content. So I know that you have a lot of experience um, working with or partnering with other theological schools, and you just talked a little bit about the kind of collaborative aspect to your work. What would you say is the biggest benefit from connecting with other theological schools on your grant or other projects um, and other innovative work at Weinbrenner? I think a lot of it uh, for any school, but it's, it's in how we define the problem that we're trying to solve. I, I tend to think from a design perspective, just problem solution. And so if we define the problem that theological education is attempting to solve as a kingdom problem, that we're not, it's not exclusively a denominational issue. It's not that, you know, certain churches don't have pastors or counselors, whatever case that the program schools provide. If we define it as a large scale kingdom problem, meaning that uh, Jesus calls us for, uh, you know, sharing and there need to be more workers and we need to pray for workers. Uh, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray for the workers. Then it, to answer your question, collaboration, a problem of that nature is not going to be solved by a school working in isolation. And so I very much see collaboration and cooperative efforts as evidence of kingdom work, but also a requirement for us to solve problems of that scale. And so uh, trying to work together to remove obstacles, not just for students, but to work with other seminaries, that's really a driving force trying to think about how can we make collaboration possible among like-minded schools. We're not in competition with each other. We're trying to solve the same kingdom problem just from our unique and maybe denominationally informed perspectives but really trying to drive the point home that if it's a kingdom problem, we're going to have to work together to demonstrate the kingdom, to bring some kingdom solutions uh, that are God honoring along the way. Thank you. The listeners can't uh, hear this, but I'm nodding my head as Brent is talking about solving uh, the kingdom problem together. 
Can you explain uh, to our listeners how receiving a resource grant has been kind of a springboard for innovation and experimentation at your school? Yes, I think that uh, we all have ideas. And so one of the things that uh, the resource grant does is it it helps bring focus, but also credibility to specific projects. And a lot of times we think about external, but I think also internal, that knowing that there's reporting guidelines, knowing that there's a timeline, knowing that conversations like this are just part of the process, that it brings an urgency in planning. So those things that, hey, we'll get to that at some point, because there's deadlines, I actually find that helpful. But also I think the credibility that comes to be able to say, hey, we're doing this through the funding of Entrust and the Entrust Resource Grant, just it, it changes the nature of the conversation. So I think that the resource grant not only provides funding to do the things that we're proposing, and that I think that's the biggest win, that there are things that we probably wouldn't be able to do otherwise if it wasn't for the funding, but then also the credibility that it provides to say, hey, somebody else outside of us found value. I know in, in academic circles, when folks think about publishing and different things, it's the benefit of a publishing a, a mindset, I think, is it allows someone to either say, no, that's not a good idea, or when you receive the grant to validate it, to say, we see value in this as well. Um, and that, that's a huge encouragement to know that there's there's that we're on paths that could be of value uh, to others, but also that other organizations are validating and see the worth of what we're trying to do as well. And now that the resource grant funding is coming to an end, you and I have chatted a little bit offline about another related initiative, Graduate Theological Education Exchange, or GTE, as it's referred to. Can you share with our listeners where you are in that process and what you're hoping to accomplish with that over the next couple of years? The Graduate Theological Education Exchange. So when we thought about commission, we we think in uh, the framework of Weinbrenner being a platform with initiatives. And so the uh, commission is one of those initiatives. We have four initiatives. Commission is one of those. And then the Graduate Theological Education Exchange being another initiative. And then there's two others uh, that we talk about as well. But the it's really a, the GTE is a, a simple premise. Uh, could a, What would it look like to develop a way? It's a course sharing agreement. But what would it be uh, look like to have a way for students in good standing at a partner school to enroll in a course at another school without money being exchanged between those schools? And so highly collaborative and, and it emerged out of conversations related to commission and the interest resource grant, really because what we're trying to think about is that there are limits to what commission as a digital platform could provide to do this. Not all classes are recorded online. And so part of the conversation you and I had was, is there a way in which we might be able to enhance knowing that the students that are involved, we give access to all of our students to commission. So if we opened up participation in the Graduate Theological Education Exchange, would that, that would in turn give access to more students. And I, I think the naming of these are important because, uh, just to speak to that for a moment, these are non-Weinbrenner branded initiatives. And so when we're talking about commission and you go to the website, this isn't a Weinbrenner. You're, you're, you'll find Weinbrenner with the content, but as more organizations upload content, we just become one voice of many. And the same with the Graduate uh, Theological Education Exchange. 
We're the driver of the conversation at this point, but there's other schools that probably can articulate it more clearly than I can, who are very interested and committed to this. And while we may be convening in this moment, the conversation, there's others. So again, it's, it's collaborative, but I think it's worth, these aren't Weinbrenner branded initiatives. They're broadly defined so others can join. And then we don't get into the uh, side conversations about who gets credit and so on. Helpful conversations are necessary, but often they become distractions to the larger uh, project. And so what we're trying to think about is with the GTE, could we create something where students can take and ex schools can exchange courses without money being exchanged? And that becomes a different dynamic. At the root, really, uh, to make it theological for a moment, is what I would say is, is biblical stewardship. That if God is providing, whether it's through entrust or whether it's through at Weinbrenner at this point, just a, an opportunity. The question is about how well do we manage what we have? And if we can manage well in a way that opens up, again, the problem's not a Weinbrenner problem. The problem's a kingdom problem. And I think the accountability ultimately is in terms of how are we serving that larger purpose? Yes, we have boards. And so board members who are listening, I'm not uh, we have we just had a board meeting last week and we have an excellent relationship with our board. Uh, we have open, if anything, more open conversation, uh, which is a whole separate topic, but I think worth it. So this isn't this isn't limiting the importance and role of the board. It's simply recognizing we're part of I think that the trendy word right now is an ecosystem that's much larger than uh, what one school alone can do. So I think I'm answering the question, but the GTE is really about trying to give access to students for the benefit of the local schools, just a, a platform. So next steps there, uh, we're working on developing a digital interface specifically for that initiative uh, so that folks who may want to participate, schools that may want to participate, it's up to the participating schools, completely voluntary. So the school completely controls participation, controls what students would be a part, what courses would be available. So words that would make accreditors nervous uh, and accreditor agents, you know, accreditation agents at the individual schools, we're not we're not making this something binding in a way that would uh, cause problems with external agencies as well. And for those who may be interested to connect with you or just learn more about GTE, where can they find that information? At this point, the best would be to reach to me directly. And I'm not sure about, I can give you that information if that's part of, of the follow-up. Uh, we're working on the digital interface. We haven't purchased the website domain yet. And so we're working to, to make sure it makes sense, um, you know, to follow. But we have a couple uh, test sites that we're working on and just finalizing the financials. So we'll have that digital interface hopefully sooner rather than later. But anybody could reach to me directly and I'll, I'll be glad to share what it is, what it isn't. We actually have some uh, recorded meetings on commission from those previous conversations so others can see then who's been involved. And if they've listened this far in the podcast, clearly they're, they're committed and interested in theological education. And so I'd welcome them to sign up, join. They can have access and see the other uh, schools that have been a part of the conversation. Um, but I'd love to follow up and, and discuss more if anybody would be interested. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing more about GTE and, and how to connect and learn more. As we are approaching at the Entrust Center, the next round of resource grants this spring, what would be your best piece of advice for institutions that are thinking about applying for a grant? I'll give one thought that's more operational and then one that's more theological. 
and they're going to sound contradictory, but that's the benefit of being in uh, organizational leadership. We can say things like that and then walk away and let other people reconcile. The operational thing that we have found to be really valuable for grants is we don't pursue grants that would require us to create something that we're not currently doing. So my encouragement for the resource grant, and that was our case with the uh, commission, as I said, we started with the Lilly, but what we did, and my advice would be, take a look at what's currently happening in the full organization and ask the question, are there projects within what we're already doing that could benefit from a boost of additional funding? Is there something that could benefit from the boost of uh, the credibility? Is there a project that even depending on how the, or the school is organized, that this is a way to help prioritize internally, hey, we're serious about this. Just the, the value and the clarity that comes from completing the application has value if it's a shared process. But I, I strongly encourage to look at what you're already doing that could be enhanced and not just saying, what aren't we doing at all to start that? Because that, that's where grants, I think, sometimes become more cumbersome and problematic when we just try to create something out of nothing. So that, that would be the operational. The theological thought, though, sounds somewhat counter to that. We're designed in God's image. And if we look in the first few chapters of Genesis, God is incredibly creative. And so I think what the resource grant really provides is an opportunity to kind of almost activate for those that might think of themselves as not creative, sit down and dream. I would still start with what are we already doing? And so not, you know, creating out of nothing, but at the same time, we're designed to be creative. And I think this is a way for even to test. And I know and, and lead up conversations with you and others at Intrust, even to say, hey, we're thinking about this, or could someone provide some guidance? Do you know anybody else that I could talk to that's doing this? Has another school already done this? We don't want to repeat things. So just the energy that goes into that and the discipline that comes from trying to be intentionally creative, it's in us and we don't often have reason to really pursue it. So I, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about it, take the time and if you stare at each other for a few moments uh, and realize, let's come up with something. It The process is definitely worth it. If for no other reason than we're designed to be creative and this gives us a, a way to really uh, expand and pursue that. Thank you. I, I love that advice about just kind of tapping into your creativity and, and just dreaming, dreaming big for the resource grant. So thank you. Are there any other things that I haven't asked you about your work and projects at Weinbrenner that you think we should discuss or that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would just encourage those that, again, have listened this far that Intrust, if folks get engaged with Intrust around the resource grants, I know early on, prior to even Amy Kardash stepping into her current role, I had a conversation. Really, it was we were looking to, to do some organizational evaluations. I reached out to her and asked, uh, do you know any other schools? I was new in my role. So this is probably six or so years ago. And so you collectively as in trust are just a wonderful resource. And my guess is that most schools don't take advantage of the fullness of whether it's the magazine, the conversation. So I, I'm doing a commercial for you, but I, I think I, we, we at Weinbrenner have greatly benefited. Um, so I don't have anything additional for Weinbrenner, but I'm, I just would really encourage folks 
to uh, to take the full advantage of the membership and uh, benefit from the conversations and the conversation partners that are available. Thank you. That's that's very kind of you to say. And I will just piggyback off of your comments for those listening that our members can always connect with us through our resource consulting program where we can connect you with resources like consultants or peer conversation partners, as Brent mentioned, um, through our publications, our initiatives. So please do not ever hesitate to reach out to us if you're not a member and you're interested or if you just have questions about general membership and services. We'd always be happy um, to chat with you about that. So thank you for, for saying that. Um, and as we come to a close of our conversation, uh, we do like to ask this question of all of our guests. You had referenced earlier uh, your open communication uh, with your board and support from your board around your initiatives. What would you say is a question that boards should be asking themselves as a result of listening to our conversation today? Two things come to mind. One, part of this may be with just the time that I've been at Weinbrenner. So in the seventh year, you can start to have more of the reflective thoughts, but we've spent a lot of time thinking about operational items. And what my sense really is, is that we're beginning to think more about cultural items. And so I guess my, my question for the boards to be considering is where, where are you spending the bulk of the time on operational? And I know during COVID and other seasons in which there's constant crisis, but at some point we need to recognize that it's our culture that really is the foundation and our operational items emerge out of that. And so how much time are you spending uh, tending to the organizational culture at your local setting, uh, the local school? And the other thing I, I think about, it's been a, probably a year or two, and I don't know how old, but Leonard Sweet was um, presenting and somebody, some circle I was in was recommending that we, we pay attention to this. And his comment just has really resonated that we're so caught up, you know, in, in our current year, even thinking about the 21st century. And, and we're still at sometimes thinking about, well, we're no longer 20th century oriented, we're 21st century. And we almost pat ourselves on the back for being 21st century, whatever. And that's our current century. And his, his counsel was, that's the wrong question. We should be asking. And so I offer this to board members and others who are listening. What are we doing to prepare for the 22nd century? And when we, we start taking the long view, that's humbling, that's scary, but it's also motivating and challenging. And it, I think it helps us focus. So that would be uh, Dr. Leonard Sweet's uh, observation that I'd pass along. But what we're not just preparing, and really our focus may not even need to be on preparing for the 21st century, but are we preparing in ways, one, that assumes we'll even be in existence, but also it's taking a long view. And I think it helps us address some of the things we were talking about earlier. These are large scale problems that are going to take decades to address. And we need to be giving time to think about how can we position and prepare ourselves for answers that may not get solved and resolved until after our time but our organizations and just what we're doing, take the long view and recognize that uh, we need to be preparing not just for today, but for uh, the 22nd century as well. We are coming to the close of the conversation. I just wanted to thank Dr. Brent Sleesman, our podcast guest, for being with us today and sharing more about his experience with an interest in a resource grant and more about his work at Weinbrenner Theological Seminary. Thank you again, Brent. It's great to be here. Thanks, Annie. I'm Annie Glandon of the Interest Center, and thank you for listening. 
Thank you for listening to the Interest Center podcast. For more information about this podcast and other episodes, and for additional resources, visit intrust.org.